This podcast is brought to you by sarahraven.com, which is home to everything you need for a truly beautiful and productive garden. You'll also find great and essential gardening kit and stylish, lovely things to have in your house to bring the outside indoors, all inspired by the garden and the house being tied together. There's also plenty of garden inspiration, how-to videos and specialist growing guides. So head over to sarahraven.com today to discover even more. Welcome to Grow Cookie to Range, the podcast of me, Sarah Raven, joined today for Jobs in the Garden by Josie Lewis, our head gardener at Perch Hill. And we're just going to run through really rapidly and simply the jobs that we are doing in the garden in the month of February. And I'm going to start with the edible crops because I guess that's sort of one of the areas of the garden I'm, well, I'm involved with all the garden, but I mean, Josie is definitely more an ornamental girl than I am. No, that's not true either. But anyway. <laughs> no, I like that though. I like that name. <laughs> so we're starting to sow salad leaves now and hard, hardy herbs into gutters. So things like parsley, chervil, coriander, all uh, sown now. And in terms of salad leaves, rockets, mitzunas, mustards, and the cut and come again lettuces. So all those are being sown now in February. I always think once Valentine's Day has passed, I get on with sowing those into gutters and also sowing early vegetables into gutters. So again, you know, lettuces, radishes, onions, chard, spring onions, peas and sugar snaps. I'm crazy about the sugar snap called Nairobi and February is the first moment. So that into a gutter and then allow it to grow on. If you've got a greenhouse, put it in there because you'll have an earlier crop six weeks earlier than in the garden. But if you haven't, into the garden or the allotment. It's the second sowing of broad beans into root trainers, and those can go out in four to six weeks' time. So I try and sow those at the beginning of February for getting out sort of first, second week of March. They're really hardy broad beans. A super aquadulce claudia is the hardiest of all, and I love it because it it doesn't form a, a leathery skin to the outer, you know, that sort of bit that quite often in posh restaurants they they chuck. Well, you don't need to do that with super aquadulce. If you chitted your early potatoes in last month in January, then they can just keep, continue, but keep them cool so they don't get leggy. And you could actually start forcing some of those. So um, I put them in a potato bag, one tuber per bag. I tend to turn a compost bag inside out so it absorbs the heat more. And I put 15 centimeters, so six inches of compost mixed with manure below and compost from the compost heap here mixed with manure. Uh, and perhaps if I can find them some molehills to help with water retention, they're really, really good because uh, they're obviously pure loam. And then you put one of the chitted tubers and then backfill. And I roll down the edges of the compost bag, almost like, you know, fish and chip shop where you roll down the side <laughs> of the brown paper bag and then as they grow, you can then earth up by adding more molehill manure compost mix as the horns start to grow, and that will increase your harvest. Um, so that's a good thing. And if you haven't started chitting your main crop potatoes, February is a good month to start doing that. So as you plant out your earlies into forcing bags, you can it's a nudge to chit your main crops. And we talked about it actually in the January jobs, 
but if you have a mild spell, you can plant and prune fruit bushes and trees. So all your top fruit, your apples, your pears, your damsons, they all need a good prune, if not already done, and your uh, fruit bushes too. So that's the kitchen garden. Over to you, Josie, for the ornamental flower garden. Okay, so flowers that uh, we'll, we do start sowing in February. You know, the light levels aren't great, uh, but there's some that have a long, long growing season. So we've got to get those started at, um, at this time of year. So antirhinums, we love antirhinums here. They're such good value plants. Gliomis have a long growing season as well, and cabaya. Uh, there's never a year that goes where we wouldn't grow cabaya. They take quite a while. They, when it's past midsummer, then they'll they'll start to flower. But you have to start them this early in the year to get to get those flowers. Yeah, and then hardy annuals. Uh, we start or um, early early flowers. Um, you can sow those now. Hardy annuals, of course, you can do in the autumn as well. But or, you know, you also do them now. The root balls won't be as big as the autumn sown ones, uh, but you will you'll you'll get nice early flowers. Uh, it's still, uh, as we mentioned in January, still ordering dahlias, gladioli. If you're ordering bulbs, don't miss out on acidanthra. It's one of our very favourite bulbs here. Uh, so yeah, that, that's definitely one to put on your list if you haven't grown it before. So that flowers August onwards, July August time. Beautiful white with a maroon throat. So, yeah, we grow it in pots, we grow it in the ground, we grow it wherever we can. And then back in the polytunnel, all the cuttings that you took in autumn, pot those, pot those on. They should have formed roots by now. Just tip them gently out of the pot and see if there's nice root formation. Uh, and then pot those up individually. Things like pelagonium, salvias, uh, verbenas, just to to give them a boost with new compost. Uh, we'll also give them a seaweed feed. So if they've been sitting in the same pots and compost for quite a few weeks, we'll give them a dilute uh, seaweed feed at this time of year. And then in uh, back out in the garden, uh, it's time to start looking out for the dreaded arrival of the red lily beetle. So the imperial fritillarias will be up by this time of year, and that's what the uh, red lily beetles start on, really. We've noticed, haven't we, Sarah, the last couple of years, there's been less. We we were ridden with, ridden with red lily beetle for a couple of years, but the last couple, I think, there's been less of it. So I don't know if that's a general trend or if it's what we do here in the garden. Yeah, it's definitely really noticeable. I mean, I reckon five years ago, I mean, we could have found over a hundred on on any any visit because I mean we grew a lot of lilies and so we pulled back on lilies yeah and we have moved more to the species like the sort of uh, species of rubrum and martigan types but I mean I, I I saw maybe five or ten this this year I really didn't I mean I know you're doing them as well but it's definitely um, they definitely seem to be becoming less of an issue yeah it's far less yeah I think so and so that brings us on to the final job which is always thinking about wildlife. And I wonder if it is, I know they're red and so famously, uh, you know, they're red because it scares the birds off because it makes them think they're toxic. But I do wonder if, because we've got so many garden birds now, um, whether they're eating them. But now in February, it's a very important time to look after your garden birds. So fill up your feeders, wash them once a week. I know that's boring for me to say, but unfortunately we do need to say that. 
because of the, the diseases that are spread by birds feeding on feeders. And if you have a frosty night, remember to defrost your bird bath. And then it's a lovely thing in February to start building structures for the garden. So silver birch, hazel, arches, teepees, frames, you know, perfect time on a, on a nice, crisp, sunny February day. Um, that is a really lovely job uh, that you can do perfectly at this time of year. So hopefully that will give you plenty to be going on with and to get you outside into your garden, which is good for the garden, it's good for the world, and it's good for you. Good for your soul. Have a great time gardening. That's what Josie and I say. Absolutely. If you've enjoyed this episode of Grow, Cook, Eat, Arrange, I'd really love it if you reviewed, rated and subscribed on wherever you listen to your podcasts. It'll help new listeners to know that we're here and enable us to keep getting the very best and most interesting guests week after week.